Hello and welcome to another brief In Moscow Shadow Cellcast being recorded and being released on Sunday the 7th of June to patrons and will go out generally a week later. Now outsiders sometimes characterise the Czechs rather unfairly as pretty stolid and doer but I've always felt that there is a wonderful vein of subversive surrealism in the Czech character. This surrealism, though, was very much to the fore in a exceedingly recent scandal in Prague, the so-called Ricin case. And I honestly don't have an answer to exactly what on earth was and is going on. But one of my esteemed patrons asked, and so I'll try and unpick it a little. Here goes. Back in late April, a sometimes controversial journalist with reportedly good links to the Czech security services, broke the news that Moscow planned mayhem in Prague. Specifically, that a diplomat had flown in with a suitcase full of the deadly poison ricin, charged with assassinating not one, not two, but three Czech politicians, Prague Mayor Zdeněk Hryb and two local council heads, uh, Andrzej Kolaj and Pavel Navotny. And the three men have been placed under police guard. Now, it is certainly true that Moscow had a beef with all three. Rib had supported renaming the square on which Russia's, frankly, over-large and spy-heavy embassy is sited, after murdered opposition figure Boris Nemtsov. Kolarz was behind the removal of a statue of Ivan Konev, the Soviet general who liberated Prague in World War II, but also played a role in the 1968 suppression of the Prague Spring. And Novotny, well, he had overseen the erection of a monument to the so-called Vlasov Army of Red Army defectors, who had also played a part in the liberation of Prague in 1945. So Moscow absolutely had a grudge with all three. But a murderous one? Now, from the first, this story sounded pretty fishy. I wrote something about it in the Moscow Times that I must admit I did catch quite a bit of flack for. Um, because there were all kinds of inconsistencies. The absolutely crucial one was this. Look, yes, of course, Moscow kills, but it kills its own. The figures it goes after, whether we're talking about defectors and double agents like Litvinenko and Skripal, or the Chechen rebel fundraisers and so forth, are those whom it considers traitors, essentially Russians who have turned against their own country. If Moscow also had a death list of Western politicians it felt were hostile, pissy or otherwise Russophobic, then frankly we would all be wading in blood and Russia's assassins would be unionising and demanding better vacation rights. If this had been an actual decision to go after these three elected politicians, it would have been a truly massive and deeply, deeply worrying change in Russian policy. So, you know, bottom line is, thank God it wasn't. Because on Friday, the Czech Prime Minister and Foreign Minister came out and announced that, in fact, the allegations had been false. They had been concocted by one Russian diplomat with a grudge against his boss. That the Czech government had tried to resolve this quietly with the Russian embassy, but to no avail. And so both diplomats were being expelled. What? So... One diplomat, who's been later sort of outed as Igor Rybakov, makes up a story about his boss, Andrei Konchakov, 
leaks it somehow to BIS, the Czech security service, and both men get expelled. Now, unsurprisingly, Moscow is furious. Um, the embassy called it a fabricated provocation. Uh, now, and Maria Zakharova, the foreign minister's main spokes harpy, uh, who had already called the, the allegations sick fantasies, um, alluded to suitable responses, which will almost certainly mean tit-for-tat expulsions. There are still so many questions. Um, one can speculate about quite what's going on, and I said, I honestly do not know. Here's just three points that I, I want to bring up before sort of thinking about the, the wider issues. I mean, could this have been a Russian attempt to bring psychological pressure to bear on Czech politicians of, of whom they were finding annoying anyway? In other words, that this was actually pretending to be about internal disagreements within the embassy, but instead all being a ploy to get the allegations out into the public domain? Or... Could this actually be a Czech op operation to try and maximise the publicity around the whole event, precisely to discomfort the Russians? Or indeed, if the ambassador had been told, why didn't he just send Rybakov home quietly? After all, from the Russians' perspective, he was being a pain and a problem. Honestly, I don't know. But I think there are a couple of wider points that are worth making. First of all, Give a dog a bad name. The Russians have, I would suggest, actively sought in some ways a terrifying reputation abroad on the principle that this makes them more formidable, less worth challenging, and instead the sort of people with whom you should have to make some kind of a deal. The Skripal case, for example, was, in my opinion, as much about the theatre of assassination as just an attempted killing. Now they're facing the flip side. An easy readiness on many people's parts in the West to believe the absolute worst of them. Now, the Russians don't seem to put much stake in soft power, the power of attraction and a positive reputation. But maybe, just maybe, they will have to come to terms with the fact that there are distinct risks in having what we could almost think of as negative soft power, a particularly bad reputation. Secondly, Look, I will be honest, I have sometimes been exasperated by the Czechs' unwillingness to be tougher with Moscow. There is a massive embassy in Prague, and the BIS estimate that it houses 50-plus spies. Now, that's more spies than there are in the total Czech diplomatic representation in Moscow. Likewise, we have seen a whole series of some really quite brazen attacks, particularly cyber attacks, and although the alleged disinformation problem in the Czech Republic is, in my opinion, massively overhyped for a number of reasons, it does certainly exist. It's interesting that an essentially hyper-pragmatic prime minister like Babish is willing to take such a stand. This is not a man who has seen to have in the past any particular axe to grind either for or against Russia. Um, and given the near inevitability of a tough Russian response. And given the fact that he will probably face sniping from his Russia-friendly ceremonial president, Milos Zeman, it makes me wonder if Babish is calculating that there's actually political mileage at home or abroad in a more assertive line. And it's quite interesting because we have a tendency to focus too much on how Russia is being perceived in Paris, in Berlin, in London, or even in, in Washington when it wasn't a tad busy with everything else that's going on. This gives us an insight into actually how 
a European country that frankly has tried to avoid getting caught in the front lines of any sort of grand civilizational or geopolitical struggle with Russia may now be willing to take a stronger line. And third of all, look, let's end on some good news. Putin's old maxim was that there are enemies and there are traitors. Enemies you fight with, but the point is you hope someday to be able to make some kind of an accord with them. Traitors, you can do nothing with traitors but wipe them out. Well, that seems still to apply. That's good news. Not everyone who speaks out against Russia or Putin's rule, even who actually acts on it, not all of these people can now be considered to be in the crosshairs. And by the standards of today's pretty miserable world, that does count as good news. And on that note, I'll end. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this little cellcast. As I say, it's a particular um, perk for patrons. And if you would like to join their number, you can just head to patreon.com slash shadows. But otherwise, thank you very much. And hopefully a new podcast, full podcast, will be following soon. И только будь, пожалуйста, со мною, товарищ правда, товарищ правда.